Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the show. On the show today, I, we have got a very special guest. He's a good friend of mine. We have got um, tennis coach Ali Bohani from Boise State. Ali, how you going? Uh, it's great, man. Thanks for having me. The weather is gorgeous outside right now. It's about 65, 66. So, you know, golf season for me now. <laughs> <laughs> How's that golf game going? Uh, you know, some days better than the others, you know, if I, if I didn't have to drive the ball, we'd be fine. <laughs> hey, I've seen some of your golf videos on Instagram and you do hit a good ball, but I mean, I guess that's just, uh, the natural talents of tennis players, eh? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it translates well, actually. There's a couple of guys on our team that hit a mean golf ball. So, Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Nice. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, we were just chatting before this call, and, uh, you know, I think the last time we spoke was, I think, in March last year, we did an Instagram Live during the pandemic, yeah. you know, when everything was just locked down. And how much has the world changed this last year? How's it going with yeah, it's hectic. You know, um, every school's got its own rules. <laughs> so I think the hardest part when you travel is that um, having to – understand what each school wants from you needs from you uh, for instance we went to a trip in california we were there for three days we had to test 48 hours before we left then we had to test again while we were there for our second match to make sure everything came back negative so it's, it's crazy i think you know we're making it work uh there are some schools that are doing a great job with it there are some other schools where you know whether it's the administration, the state, the government, it's making it really hard. Right. And how are the boys doing like mentally in your team? I mean, with COVID and all these new rules put in place with the testing, how are they doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I think being able to compete is the best thing for these kids and understanding they're back on some sort of a normal schedule. I mean, I guess this is just our new norm now and how we have to deal with these things. But best thing to happen for us is to be able to have a spring and to be able to travel and, you know, go make these memories and win some, lose some. But again, I think competing is what has really helped. Right. The bubbles are very, very hard compared to the spring. It's hard to ask these kids who are, you know, 17 to 20, 21 to compete for five, six months without any competition inside. Yeah. And to bring it at a hundred percent every day at practice kind of without you know any anything to go after you know when you're competing in september and your first match is middle of january that's that's a long long ways away so we were very happy that the spring happened that we were able to compete and i think the guys did a great job with it uh we we as a program were very happy with how our team did that's amazing. I mean, you guys have had an incredible season. You're 11-0, undefeated at home. It's been a long time since that's happened, you know. How are the guys feeling after the season's come to an end? Yeah, um, you know, our conference is one of the conferences that decided not to have a conference tournament. So we, you know, finished 17-3, tie for second, but kind of a little bit of a better taste. Don't get to go to a tournament or go to the NCAA, see what happens. But, yeah, I think the guys kind of understand it's, Right away up to next year, uh, they're back home getting ready. Um, 
Some of them have great plans. Some of them are going to come back early. A couple of them are getting into a master's program, some summer school classes. Uh, I think what our school does a great job with and then our programs, both on the men's and the women's side, is we schedule things really well. Yeah. And very organized from the top all the way down. Um, whether a kid has classes or needs surgery or has to go home and train, play tournaments, there's a calendar that's put together. Everyone understands the calendar. Um, it's not just the coaches here. It's your nutritionist, your sports psychologist, you know, the guys that help out with you, your physio, uh, the academic advisors, the guys in the gym with you. So there's a group of seven or eight guys for every athlete on our team. Yeah. They know what's going on. So everyone is on a chain email, chain text message. I think it's, again, it's worked out really well so far. And, you know, we're excited for a good summer for our boys and, you know, we'll have two newcomers coming and hopefully two more. So it's going to, it's going to be a little bit of a new team for us. So we'll see how it all goes out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the, for the August season, you know, one of our Japanese boys coming over soon. So that's going to be great. But I guess before we get into some more chat about college tennis, let's talk about yourself. I mean, you know, you're a player, you know, you've coached at different divisions. How did it all start for you? Yeah. Um, I would say bless my first coach, you know, I only really had one coach growing up, um, and I was lucky enough that he coached me in junior college tennis. And I took some time off to help my grandma when she was battling cancer, and I never had plans on going back to school. Right. Um, but I promised her that I would do it, and I would either stay with tennis as a coach or a player. And my coach, you know, begged me to come back and coach at the academy that I started when I was a player. And he had done so much for me in my life, and I felt like I owed it to him. So, I mean, I went there, fell in love with it. It was insane. Um, got to travel the world. That's how I met you, traveling with the ITF kids, working with, you know, some of the top-level USTA kids. Um, and then, again, same coach. You know, he was coaching the same junior college program that I played for, and he said, hey, they're going to cut the program. Do you want to coach this last year with me and see if you like college tennis? I mean, I think that first year we had the number one recruiting class in the country. I had never recruited before. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, we finished fourth in the country, man, and kind of fell in love with college tennis. Um, it was very hard knowing the program was being cut, but I was very blessed that I've had so many colleagues and friends that have looked out for me. My buddy at that time, Adam Cohen, who was down the road at Mason Community College, said, hey, man, why don't you come over and, you know, work with me? And essentially never called me an assistant, always treated me like I was a head coach, even though I was the assistant. It was an incredible experience to be with him for about four years there. And then, you know, he got a job to move along and I was going to take over the head coaching position at Mesa Community College. And that summer, uh, another gentleman, Brad Louderback, came to Arizona, opened up a new school um, called Ottawa NAIA program. And wanted to hire me as an assistant, but because I didn't have my degree, I couldn't do it. So I cannot tell you how many times this guy called me, came to my <laughs> work, just showed up at the academy, begging me like, hey, man, we'll pay for your school. You got to get this degree. You have to coach college tennis. Everyone says you'd be great at it. So for about 14 months, I was a head coach at Mesa for men's and women's. I was a graduate assistant, well, student assistant, I guess at Ottawa for men's and women's recruiting and running their practices. 
working at the academy with Dave, and I was a full-time student online doing a <laughs> communications degree. For so those 14, 15 months, I mean, we're talking about 5 a.m. until I got home at 7 and then doing school, Monday through Sunday, eight, eight weeks in a row, and then my eighth week, I would have Sunday off for a day, and then it would start over again. Wow. Yeah, so it was intense. That's how I got into college tennis, and then, you know, just – through the academy, through the ITF, I've just met a lot of incredible college coaches that have always looked out for me. And again, I've just been blessed, man. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people looking out for me. I'm just one of those lucky guys, I'd say. Honestly, everyone that I talk to knows you in college tennis. <laughs> like everyone that I talk to, no matter which part of the country knows you, like you're so well connected. It's amazing. Um, and I guess like, so, you know, you had that time at junior college, um, and then, you know, tell us about how you got the job at Boise state and like, what made you decide that? Yes, this is the job I want to do. Yeah. So that summer I'm, <laughs> I think I still had like three months of school left Yeah, and I wasn't planning on looking for any schools. Yeah. Um, I was going to finish that summer, do another year at Mesa, do another year at Ottawa and then look the following summer. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I got very lucky. I got a couple call, got, uh, calls from my friends who were becoming coaches at different programs who needed yep. it. They knew my degree was going to be finished, so their schools had located. So I spoke to a lot of schools. Um, I spoke to you know Gonzaga. I spoke to Tommy at LMU. I love and respect so much. Um, and then Elon, UT San Antonio, both offered me. And you know, I didn't know who Christian was. I was very lucky that he called a couple of coaches and they both gave him my name. Uh, um, so we had a couple of phone conversations. Uh, they wanted me to come up here, do an interview. I flew out here, did an interview in a day. They offered me the job. And I mean, I accepted. And I think it was the best thing for me is just listening to my gut. And I think best thing I can tell all these recruits as well, that want to go to college, you're going to have so many options and, you know, obviously do your due diligence, study, understand what's was, but listen to your gut. Don't try to have one coach or, you know, one family member or another friend pursue you to go somewhere else. It's just listening to your gut just works out so well. It worked out for me. I didn't know Christian at all. I didn't know Beck Rogar at all. And I've learned so much being here and it's been an incredible experience so far. And I'm, I'm glad I chose to come here. Um, Christian and I just see tennis the same way. Uh, we understand that for us, it starts with the development of the person and then development of, you know, the athlete. So that was huge to me. Again, in my academy, just having those relationships, I wanted to keep it in college. I didn't want to end up at a university where we're recruiting four or five new guys every year and, you know, four or five new guys are going into the portal. So we want to develop those relationships. And, yeah, Christian and back have been great and i've learned a lot also from you know maria lopez it's it's been an ex, it's been an amazing experience to be able to work side to side not just with christian but also the women's program and learn from them and there's so many other coaches on campus that are willing to you know help us out which is amazing so yeah man i got lucky boise state just happened to you know open up and give me this opportunity and i took it and you know coach Patton's still around call and ask questions whenever you need. It's just amazing, 
amazing experience. I, I again, just lucky, lucky that I ended up here. Well, you know my end game is that in the next couple of years, my end game is to try and make your team full of New Zealanders. So yeah. <laughs> that's the end game. You know, we've got Holly Stewart on the girls' side, slowly getting in there. But um, really, guy, I love Holly. Yeah. So I guess, like, you know, you mentioned this word that, like, every recruitment agency, it's like the most common word used in the last year, and it's the portal. You know, the transfer yeah. portal, like. I have never seen a transfer portal being utilized this much ever. It's, it's honestly crazy. And for those that don't know what the transfer portal is, if you're at a university and you want to transfer to a different university, you've got to go and get signed off by your AD, the asset director at the campus, um, and you're on the transfer portal online, and then you're allowed to start talking to other coaches. How many kids are in there right now? Like, Man, I actually have it up. It is, let's see, right now on the men's tennis side, and this is this is in time, guys. You know, this is the 20, 29th of April, 10 a.m. 2021. Yeah. Uh, 2021. We'll look at men's tennis. There are just on my first two, three pages, there are over two, three hundred entries. So and then you can see withdrawn. That means they went into the portal for some reason. They didn't want to stay there. They ended up going back. Yeah. I, if, you know, they've decided already they've gone to another school, so it's not active anymore. But, you know, you got over 19,503 total entries for all sports right now in there. Okay. So just take this into account, guys, that are watching this. So basically what we're saying here is that when, when Ali's recruiting athletes, he's got two groups of athletes he can choose from. Yeah transfers or ones coming directly out of high school so is, this has become a lot tougher right for student athletes oh for sure and i think for coaches as well um yeah it's just so much more work we have to do and um it, you know it's just you got to make sure you bring in the right person again i think yeah. a lot of programs do it the right way they look at okay you know your level's good are you the right person for our culture and i think the programs that are doing extremely well every year and they're the ones that bring in the right recruits for their culture yeah and not really always the best players it's so important hey like you know when athletes say oh i'm just gonna flick off emails and look at some websites and stuff like that i'm like yeah but do you actually know the coach like is your is your character as a person going to align with that coach as well because if that chemistry is not there and you're fighting all the time you're not gonna have a good time <laughs> no, very true. And, you know, it's been so tough this past year with that recruiting ban and, you know, not being able to do any recruiting off campus and not being able to bring anyone on campus. And, you know, thankfully it's being lifted. So starting June 1st, we're allowed to travel again and bring some players on. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is like for, for me as a coach, it's great to watch videos, but obviously with the editing these days and you want to go be able to see how someone competes more than anything. You know, it's you hear so many coaches, hey, send me a set. We just want to watch you play a set, unedited set version. It's just such a better way to go, but I get it. I mean, it's just – it's a different game. I'm just glad that the recruiting ban is gone again so we can travel now and, you know, bring players in. Cannot say that enough how important it is to bring in the correct student athlete for your culture. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been talking to so many athletes about it and obviously, like, the athlete's resume now has to be much more impactful because the competition on securing these deals in the States is so much tougher, you know? Like, when I'm talking to coaches these days and I'm saying, look, I'm, you know, like, I appreciate you've got a UTR 11.5 male recruit right now, um, but, you know, there's a few 12s that we're talking to on the transfer portal and it's like, okay, now we're competing against those guys. And so, yeah. you know, how, what advice could you give athletes, man? You know, like, is UTR the only thing you look at? And, you know, what sort no, of thing? No, for us, more mature than anything else. Yeah. That's what kind of, you know, what we look for. We want to find someone that's mature and understands that. Uh, the, you look at freshmen that have traveled a lot around the world that have played ITS or, you know, have gone on buses and trains and have played all around Europe. Those kids are mature. Those kids understand. I think the biggest thing I can tell, again, it's tough with the pandemic, but travel alone if you can. You know, try to mature up and understand that college athletics, not just tennis, it, it's a lot. And you're on scholarship. So you're being asked to do a certain job and just make sure you do it to the best of your abilities. I'm going to throw you a little little curveball. We haven't actually planned to talk about this today, but I'm going to touch on this because it's been a common topic that I've been talking on our Instagram page uh, for the last three weeks. Social media. When you recruit a kid, do you oh. check out their social media? That's the, that's the first thing I do is uh, <laughs> I jump on Instagram, you know. Um, yeah, social media is big. And at our school, once you're accepted – you give up all your social media and we hire a company actually that looks at all the social media stuff that you have. No way. Yeah. So it, you wow. actually, you have to get passed by the company so you can't get accepted in and your social media is so bad that they'll come and tell you like, Hey, we, we don't want, again, I think Boise state is just a little, there's other schools that do this, but for us, you know, there's no pro sports here. So if yeah. you play sports here, I mean, you are the guy, everyone knows you, um, so, yeah, as a school, we make sure that it's as spotless as it can get. Um, you know, as a young athlete, you just don't understand how stupid you're being. You know, the thing is nothing nothing goes well past 11 p.m. Yeah. Definitely don't post anything on social media past 11 p.m. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's, yeah, we jump on it. We're all over it. I, I try to do the best I can you know, with Instagram now, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, yeah. Facebook. There's so much. But, yeah, man, it's it's a big part of it. Um, yeah. And especially now that, you know, the NCAA is pushing this uh, name and image and likeness that's coming out that the athletes can make money off themselves, you have to be careful that you bring in the right athlete in. Yeah, I mean, I even like when we look to represent people. So like if I say, hey, Ali, look at this tennis player, you'll look at them because you trust me, right? And so you you know that I've done my homework. Now, sometimes when I get an athlete contacting us on like Instagram or something, being like, hey, I'm like, we want to come and sign up with platform. I do a bit of a stalk myself and like check out their social media and like, if I see them like just every Instagram post, like drinking, you know, Bears in the background, pulling the middle finger up, you know, just swear words and all their like captions and that sort of stuff. Like, I'm like, man, because like, I'm not just helping the kid, I'm putting my reputation online. You've trusted me with this recruit. Like, 
is this person going to be a good ambassador for you and also for me? And so, you know, I've turned away people before. It's very interesting for us. If we sign that athlete and comes here and doesn't represent us the best way, it's not just a bad outlook on that player and his family, but bad outlook on our staff, on our school, and then whoever the recruiter was that sent them over here. So, yeah, man, social media, you know, when you and I played was different. You know, when our parents played, it was different. <laughs> We were stealth mode. So, yeah. <laughs> so I remember playing snake on my phone. Man, I'm not even <laughs> yeah. 34 yeah. years old. But it's it's a different beast, and it is a yeah. it is a beast. You know, it, it can be very valuable, especially again, like I said, with the name and image and likeness coming out. But it can also really hurt you. So yeah. you have to be careful. Our our thing is, if your grandma. When I want to see you or hear you do it, don't post it. I love that. That's how our school, that's the biggest thing our school says, you know, yeah. the Instagram takeovers and all that stuff is if, if your Nana's not going to want to see it or hear it, then don't post it. Yeah. yeah. I love your guys' Instagram takeovers. It's awesome. It's great to see what a day is like in um, college life. And this sort of, you know, um, heads towards our last part of our chat, you know, what is college life like for a tennis athlete? Like what's, What's a daily routine for an average tennis player that's in college? Yeah, again, I think every school is going to be a little bit different yeah. just depending on if they're doing individuals or it's just mm -hmm. But, you know, usually you wake up, you either have conditioning in the morning or gym in the morning. Um, try to obviously please just wake up early and grab some food. Don't go into weights or conditioning on an empty stomach. You just you set yourself for failure for the rest of the day. You're never going to be able to catch up with it. Um, so, and then you got some classes, maybe you have a one-on-one, -on -one. maybe you're doing film study, which, you know, we got cameras out at our facilities now, so we're going to be using that a lot. Um, and then go to a couple of classes, you got team practice, and then maybe you have an individual again after that. And then, you know, homework, make sure you get proper food in. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. You just have to make sure when you come in that you schedule everything properly. And we're very good with it. They get a weekly calendar yeah. and they write into it whether they want to do it on the internet like in an excel on a piece of paper okay this is when my gym is monday wednesday friday this is when my classes are this is when team practices this is where my indies are and then they have a copy of that for themselves and then a copy goes to you know all the coaches the academic yeah. advisor you know all our staff the physio so everyone kind of knows where you're at um, and what you're doing, I don't have to, you know, text the group, hey, where is Arca at this point? Okay, it's uh, 4 p.m., got his class right now, and he's in the downtown campus. So, again, I think scheduling and understanding how to set up your weeks and how to set up your months, it's just so important to being successful. I mean, as an, as an adult, we understand, but as 17, 18-year-old kids, you're, again, you're kind of thrown into this wild, yeah. and your parents are not there. Yeah. So have to be really good at understanding how to manage your time it's so important oh for sure time management is the the biggest hurdle and if you can master that early in your college career you're going to be sweet um the last thing you want to do is running late on assignments stressing out yeah I run, practice minute you know before practice starts it's yeah you know, putting your shoe on while you're running it's it's crazy you know we've seen it all but um, it's just, it's, it, you have to understand that, that time management and being able to, like I said, grab a schedule and do it. Christian and I, 
we have a to-do list every morning. Yeah. So we get up, hey, this is my to-do list. This this is his. Can you do this? Can you do that? And then we just go through the list and get it done. And, you know, psychologically it helps you a lot too. When you have a list and you scratch it off, it's a big weight that's taken off your shoulders. Yeah. So we try to tell our student athletes that as well. You know, make a list of what you have to do. Get the big things done early. Get it out of the way. Don't procrastinate. Um, and I think it showed, you know, we've had the highest team GPA on the male side two out of the three years we've been here. And the other year we finished second. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's am- you guys have been amazing. And, you know, I know a few boys in the team and also Holly. And, you know, she said that the whole team's time management is so well put together and everyone is on track. So that's really great to hear. Um, just to finish off this talk, you know, we spoke about um, the UTR system before and like, you know, what coaches like to look for and what players should be looking at in a coach as well about the right character, et cetera. Let's say there's a men's tennis player that's a UTR 10. Now for some division one schools, most of them, you know, that's not going to be the rating to get them into uh, a good division one program. And so Let's say you're in a country like New Zealand where we've got very strict rules on lockdown right now. You know, if you fly in from out of out of you know out of New Zealand, apart from Australia, obviously recently we had a trans Tasman bubble open, but any other country that comes into New Zealand, two weeks quarantine right away. So Blake, Blake, we just head back home to Australia. Yeah. He's got a two week quarantine in a hotel. I feel God, so sorry for him. Yeah, man. And so it's tough, right? And so there's like guys in New Zealand that are like running UTR tournaments, et cetera, which has been great. But if you're, if you're only playing against UTR-10s, right, and you just can't get that rating up and you can't play any 12s or 13s, is that going to affect their college career? And, like, what advice yeah, do you give them? that's tough. I mean, you know it. I came from the Juco world, yeah. you know. So when you're like, hey, this guy, like, I know it says 11-5, but, like, when I can't compete against higher UTRs, how am I supposed to show you um, what it does? But we, we had a couple of instances where, you know, one guy in our team the last couple of years, he's gone, I think he went 13 and two this year and he went 11 and one or something last year. And every guy he played below UTR, I mean, it was a one and one, two and two, two and two. So sure, his UTR doesn't shoot up. But as a coach, if you're smart and you go back and you look at it, anytime he's played anyone within a 0.3 to 0.5 UTR or lower, it's been a domination. Yeah. So you, you can't, you can't look at strictly by the UTR now, especially with the whole pandemic. I feel like everyone almost is on 0.5, you know, anywhere between 0.3 to 0.7, but on average, a whole point, half a point off. Um, but yeah, it's tough when you can't get out and compete. Um, but again, I think the best thing you can do is set a video, play a set and, put it on the internet or send it into a college coach uh, as great of a UTR a tool is. I think coaches now have to understand with the pandemic that everyone's dropped, you know, um, it, and it's going to keep, it, it's not a perfect formula. It's for sure helped in a lot of cases. Um, it's hurt in a lot of cases, like countries that can't get out and play. Yeah. You know, so it's tough. There's definitely been a couple of kids we've brought, from that part of the country, that part of the world that no one thought was going to be good. And, you know, we hit on them and we hit on them big. So if you do your homework as a college coach, you're going to know what countries to stay away from because they got all the J5, J4s, J3s, and this kids get all the wild cards and 
you know, they're, they might be top 150, 200 ITF, but there's a kid from, you know, middle of nowhere, 900 ITF, who's going to end up being better. Yeah. So um, they're, they're all great tools to help you recruit, but I don't think one sets above the other. And I don't think you can go straight by UTR. It just, it just doesn't work like that. Cause if that was the case, everyone would just recruit off the UTR and whoever had the highest team UTR on paper would win. At the end of the day, you got to go and compete and there's a ball coming from the across the net. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, I mean, we're quite fortunate that like I've been in this now for about six years. So I've had, you know, time to develop friendships and build trust with coaches like yourself. And, you know, I've, I've talked to coaches and say, I don't think this guy's, you know, going to be an impact player for you, you know, might be not be the right fit. And let's go another pathway and done it the other way with, you know, you should take this guy on. His UTR is really low, but he's going to come there and make an impact. So if people aren't working with a company like us, you know, other things you could do, as Ali said, is like a video is awesome. You know, either, even if it's a couple of sets, if you're playing in a tournament, you know, like and it's, a coach is looking at this unedited video in a tournament setting, you're not just looking at your mistakes, but they're watching you compete under pressure. And I yeah. think that's something that, you know, coaches like checking out as well. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, look, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Oh, you know? man, it was a blast. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. I've been, I've been wanting to get you on this webinar for so long and, um, get you on the show today. You know, we're going to be putting this into our podcast and all that stuff as well. And if you haven't checked out the Boise State men's tennis Instagram page, check it out. There's so much cool content there. Check them out on YouTube, check them out on the internet, follow them. You know, even the women's team, I see Coach Beck and Coach Maria are posting you know videos all the time of them and their training same with you guys and it's great to give people an insight into what it's like at your facility so thanks for sharing that man of course man thanks thanks again for having me and you know good luck to all the recruits coming in and 21 and 22 and years on just work hard guys and just listen to your gut and do what you think is best for you and don't post anything dumb yeah get off <laughs> social media not at 11 p.m <laughs> yeah, make sure you post things that your grandma wants to see. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, man. We'll be in touch. Appreciate it, Amri. Take care, my man. Thanks.